Welcome back, everybody, to the Catch the Blitz show, season two, episode 14. I'm Thomas Parker, and as always, joined by Christian Catanacci. Cat, what's going on, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Um, it was a much better week of football compared to the, the previous weeks, I should say. Um, but we're getting down to the dog days. It's December now. What, ep- what episode December. is it, Pac? It's episode 14. 14. So... I'm ready this week. I know that it's episode 14, even though I call the last two weeks were both episode episode 13 13. in my eyes. Um, Sorry about that. But yeah, we're rolling today. And like you said, it was a it was a great NFL slate. I said before the week, just looking at the games. Wow, there are a lot of great games. There are a lot of great teams playing each other. Um, And most importantly, there were a lot of storylines last week. And that's always what we like to see. Um, And they delivered. It was it was a really, really fun week. A lot of games went down to the wire. Um, yeah, it was, it was exciting and Monday night football was exciting as well. But before we get into everything, I just want to point out one thing because you have to acknowledge when we get hot and even if it's, you know, not from other people, sometimes you got to give yourself a pat on the back Yes. and our bold predictions this week on Instagram were absolutely on fire. I think we were, we were a, a very close to four out of six. Yeah, a close, a close four. It depends. I think, I think the subjective give. I saw a couple of people give us give us yeah. the four. So I think you had Aaron Rodgers wins by double digit points against the Bears, a team that he owns. I think they won by nine. Yes. So that's very close. My AJ Brown stat line was almost identical, identical. to what he put up. Yeah. Um, and then what else did you have? I had Jalen Hurts rushing for over a hundred yards. I'm not sure if that hit. I I, I don't remember. You had one. Oh, the, the Cowboys one. That yeah, just that was that fully was the, hit. That was that was the that was my boldest one. I was I was trying to build up the suspense of that. But yeah, I, I did I did end up uh, predicting that the Cowboys would um, eclipse the because the Cowboys going into that game had the highest point total for a single game at 48 against the, against the Bears a couple weeks ago. So I said that they would eclipse that and break their own record this season and score 50 or more points, and they they did. Yeah. And then the other one that I hit, but and and honestly, I mean, we are giving ourselves some credit. I feel like this one that I hit was it was kind of low hanging fruit. It was the biggest locks of lock to ever exist, and that was just Deshaun Watson just being horrible in his return to action. He yeah. was oh, so he was. I just said he's gonna have less than two hundred two hundred fifty yards or two hundred twenty yards. Throw a pick, you said pick, yeah. no touchdowns, and and yeah, that was pretty much what happened. Love to see it. Anyways. Yeah, well, hey, that deserves a pat on the back, Puck. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, because good, good way to start the show yeah, today. Yeah, it is. It is a good way to start the Sets show. Sets our credibility because the next 45 minutes, I honestly can't guarantee you if <laughs> what's going to come out of my mouth is good, bad, maybe even worse. My hammer pick is a disaster. I've gone completely ice cold. We're looking to get back in the wind column today. But let's start off with what we always start off, and that's Monday Night Football. Um we pretty much had 55 minutes of game action last night. That was, well, who who expected anything different? The Saints owning the Tom Brady Buccaneers. And then the last five minutes, call it a collapse if you like. Call it Tom Brady, his greatness on display. Um, but the Buccaneers end up winning the game. Yeah. That was the first time. Tom Brady was 0-37 in the regular season. Actually, he was 1-43 in his whole career, including the playoffs. And the only win came when they won the Super Bowl against the Falcons, when they were trailing by at least 13 points in the fourth quarter. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, do you want to tell the audience, Puck, what I texted you at, at five minutes when the, when the Saints decided to not go for it on fourth and two and kick the field goal to make it 16-3? to three? Yeah, so we were texting, uh, watching the game. And how much time was left? Five minutes left? Five minutes. See, at this point, I mean, I had the game on. I was kind of in the background. I was doing some other work. And, uh, you know, I just figured game's over. I mean, the Bucks had absolutely been humiliated by the Saints defense. And that's a trend that we've seen in the past. Since Brady has signed with the Bucks, he's just he was 1-4 versus the Saints going in and winless yeah. at home, which is even more surprising. Um so the Saints don't go for it. And I think you text me like, oh, that's a, that's a bad move. Go for coward it. People, move. That's yeah, a coward. coward move. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This game's long over. You don't even need any more points because Tom Brady is just so bad tonight. <laughs> this Bucks offense can't get a first down. Like, who cares? They're fine. You don't you don't need to to score a touchdown when the Saints when the Saints defense is just you know playing lights out tonight. And you're like, no, 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 watch. This is you, you gotta go for that. You gotta go for that. 
Also, Mark Ingram ran out of yeah, bounds. Yeah, that was on, later on, on. on. Yeah, like that was, I mean, that was one I didn't really notice it at the time. And then on Twitter, he was just getting destroyed. He yeah. had to tweet an apology after the game. Um, <laughs> Did he actually tweet an apology? Yeah, he tweeted an apology. I saw it this morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right in the end if that's what you wanted to hear. But yeah. those, I, those I, to- bucks, I told you, I, I, you weren't the only person that I told yesterday. I, I just didn't understand it. And it goes strike. Like, people want to blame Mark Ingram. The person that I'm blaming is Dennis Allen. I, I get he's the first-year head coach, but this is like the third or fourth embarrassing loss that they've had. And it, we've only been... I mean, we're, we're getting down the dog days now, the, the end of the stretch. But the fact of the matter is, if I was, the, if I was Saints ownership, I would be standing at the bus there like this. Dennis Allen's not getting on my bus. He's fired right there. Right there. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's, it's over. Wow. What's, what's the point? You're going to bring back a guy. Again, going back to my point, 13, what's the difference between 13 and 16? It's still, sure, yeah, you could tie it up. But at the end of the day, why would you want, you're trying, it's a division rival. Put him to bed. Fourth and two. If he's a 20-point game, 17 point. It's a 23 game. That's 17-point differential. Three, three drives. The, the game's out of reach. Even if Brady does drive down twice, he, he can't do it a third time because they don't have no time. I don't get it. It's a it's a coward move by a coward team, and I can't believe there's a storyline because I was you know what I was I was actually like you know, ah, finally we don't have to talk too much about the Monday Night Football game or if we did I was ready to talk about how the Bucks just stink yeah like, exactly and Pac would have liked that because he's the yeah. biggest anti Brady guy yeah. on on uh, I would say on the show but there's only two guys on the show <laughs> but I mean Tom Brady does it again this is 44th career comeback win surpassing. Peyton Manning for the most of all time. So, I mean, to touch on Brady just a little bit, obviously everybody knows just how uh, it's, it's honestly, you're at a loss for words with how remarkable this, what he's like, what he's doing right now is just absolutely crazy. And it truly is defying like time and, and just like basic knowledge and, and logic, I should say, not knowledge and logic and of sports, just, how someone could be that age and still producing at such a high level in key moments. Obviously, he did play pretty poorly for three quarters, but when it was eight, when it was down to it, like he was just he was just so so good, and it was so vintage Brady and and so Brady esque for him to just drive back and make it look so easy. And I saw a tweet. Someone goes, uh, I think it was Mina Kimes of, of ESPN. She's like, hurry up. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, sorry, the difference between normal bucks and two-minute drill bucks is the size of the Pacific Ocean. And it made me laugh because it's so true. Like, watching Brady run the two-minute drill and just running no huddle, no huddle, no huddle, I was like, this team is like, this team could be anybody, it feels like. But then for the past three quarters before that, they looked horrific. I don't know. It's weird. Tom Brady continues to do it again and again. I don't think we'll ever see anything like this. Again, I always... My favorite thing to do... I don't know if you do this with your pops, but I always looked. I always looked to my dad when we're watching the game together, and I always go, "Like when you were forty-five, do you think you could do that?" And then he, <laughs> we always we always go one key moment. We were in Florida playing football on the beach. My dad was like 44, 45 years old, around same same age as Brady. This is years ago, uh, about ten years ago, and. We were playing catch. He went to go bend down to get the football, and he had a back spasm, and he couldn't move. But he had to get like the the person at the resort to come and give him a massage. He had to get up. It's a nice, embarrassing story. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you there, Bobs, but um, it was so funny. And then the fact that Brady's 45 years old now and just completely slicing and dicing. He's got Brock Purdy next week. Brock Purdy came out and said himself that he started playing before Purdy was even born. Right? It's crazy. It's it's just so crazy to see. And I mean. It's annoying for some. It's getting annoying for me. It's annoying for me. Yeah. It's been annoying I'm sure for me be, when he was 35. Because he ruined your childhood. For me, he, he did. didn't ruin my childhood. I mean, I guess, because they just kept winning. But, like, at that point, you just got to appreciate what he's doing and, and just appreciate greatness. Uh, because, again, I don't know if we're ever going to see someone like Tom Brady again in any, in any sport, really. Yeah, I think as I've grown older, I've been to, yeah, just, especially since he went to the Bucks. you know, he's out of my conference. What do I care? I have been able to, I think, appreciate a little more when he did win the Super Bowl. That was the worst thing ever for me. But I, I think I've I, th- there's there's respect there. Yeah, of for, course. For Tom Brady, which I mean, it's it's silly to say that he's not the greatest of all time at this point. Like you're just you're lying to yourself if you're not going to admit that. Um, happy you you talked about how different it was in the two minute drill. 
I mean, Bruce Arians is sort of out the door, but I think there's still a very real disconnect yeah, between him and the head coach, the head the offense coordinator, head coaches, everything. Something weird's going on in Tampa. What bothered me most about this result in the end is now the Bucks have sort of pulled ahead in the NFC yeah, South, and I I really wanted that storyline of all these teams suck, nobody has a good record. One of them's getting in the playoffs. Who it is? Who is it? I wanted the Falcons to have some life. I wanted the the Saints to have some life. And I mean, I think the Panthers only would have been a game and a half behind. A game. They would have been five and eight had they uh, had half a game even. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of unfortunate. But the Saints pull ahead, and uh, it's it's an epic collapse that, unfortunately for the Saints, was in prime time with the whole country watching against you know Tom Brady. Yeah. Look, I. I agree. It would have been cool down the stretch to see the NFC South just sort of battle it out like the NFC East a couple of years ago. Remember when like the Eagles yeah, made it in that everyone sucked or whatever? No, no. Was the Eagles di- was didn't commanders. let the didn't let the Giants win, yeah. and then the Giants fans were snappy because they didn't make it in at six and ten or whatever. But I mean, it would have been one of those. But I think it's safe to assume that uh, assuming the Bucks don't don't botch it, which they could because this isn't a Tampa team that that won the Super Bowl two years ago. But um, yeah, the NFC South is no longer interesting at least for the next couple weeks all right sticking in the nfc um the san francisco 49ers we talked about them last week as huge contenders we've talked about them weeks past how the nfc is pretty much and i think this is not an an opinion this is pretty much fact for everyone who's who's involved in the nfl this year it's a three-horse race and that's the eagles the cowboys and the 49ers those three teams have really separated themselves above and beyond everyone else yes the vikings have a very good record they're in there too. They're competitive, but they've won so so many. And they're they're underdogs against the five and seven lines. There you go. And that, so that's I mean, shows, they're, gives they're you just all winning you so know. many of these tight games that yeah. could have gone either way. We just talk about the Saints. The Saints had the Vikings on a last um, last second field goal in London when they played. And look at the Saints record. So three horse race in that NFC. The 49ers have looked so good. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL this week. Last week I said that Jimmy Garoppolo is is sending himself to be an all-time great 49ers quarterback just because of his record and what he does directly translates to winning. It's so obvious. This week I got to watch them because they were playing my Dolphins and I got to see how good they were. And Jimmy Garoppolo got injured in the first quarter. And I've watched a lot of football where the starting quarterback's gone out and I've said to myself, well, that's the game. They've got no chance now. And when Jimmy, when Jimmy got hurt, as great as he was, it had absolutely no effect on my mindset of the game. I was like, these are still the same 49ers. I didn't even know who Brock Purdy was. The only clip I'd ever seen of him was that fake fake handoff on Monday Night Football two weeks ago. (laughs) The broadcasters tell me he's Mr. Irrelevant. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, well, who cares? These 49ers, what they do, if there's any team to lose their starting quarterback, and obviously you don't wish injury on anybody, but if there's a team to lose a starting quarterback and still be successful... It's it's the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the thing is with the 49ers, especially Shanahan's offensive system, is I don't want to discredit Jimmy because I do think Jimmy is a heck of a quarterback. And and I mean, the talent's not gonna knock you off knock you off your horses here, but like what Jimmy does is overlooked, I think, and just the average NFL fan, I don't people I don't think people appreciate what Jimmy Garoppolo um brings to the 49ers. But with that being said, for you to succeed with in Cal Shanahan's system, like you just gotta be a little bit mobile, a little bit, and you just gotta pretty much do what he says, right? Like don't put the ball in bad situations, don't turn the ball over, and I mean he's gonna scheme guys open for you. You're you're not gonna have to make the the most difficult throws, maybe one or two a game, but I don't know if they're the, the rest of the season outlook changes too much with Brock Purdy. I, I don't think so. Obviously, that like we don't know. We're we're going off of one game, yeah. And to be fair, I don't mean this is a knock about the Dolphins, but the Dolphins didn't play particularly well. No. Like that was probably the one of their worst games they've played all season, if not the worst game they played all season. But I don't think it's like. Everyone should panic, house is burning down sort of thing with Brock Purdy um, just because Jimmy Garoppolo is up for the season. I think they're going to be able to make it work. Again, the San Francisco 49ers have one of, if not the best defense in the league and one of the brightest offensive play callers and offensive coaches in the entire league. And, and 
let's face it, the roster is fantastic. They got star pieces everywhere, right? So, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm ready to push the panic button. I still think they're firmly in the race here. Like, I would be... I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm more scared now to play the 49ers as a Cowboy fan in the in the playoffs because it's like, okay, now we're going to go into that game expected to win, right? Because yeah. of the fact that they do have Brock Purdy, there's always going to be some some doubt in the back of, of, of people's minds just because he is Mr. Irrelevant. But I think this team is just sort of, obviously they're maybe a step or two below from where they were with Jimmy because Jimmy is has been there, done that, but... I think they're still a darn good team, and I think they deserve to be in that NFC race still. And, and that's that's the whole thing for me is where you're going to see limitations and where you're going to miss Jimmy is, is just the fact that he has so, so much experience, and he's a veteran guy. And if the team goes down by 10, he can say, hey, like, don't worry. I've been here before. I know how to come back from these situations. Um, he knows the offense better. And, of course, you can't undervalue the fact that Brock Purdy is, is you know, he's had his entire training camp. He's practicing every week. He knows the offense better, a lot better than someone like Baker Mayfield, who was waived yesterday, and we're going to get into him later. But a lot of people said, like, oh, maybe you should go to the 49ers. Like, Brock Purdy is a lot more comfortable in this system because he's he's been been, on that sideline every single week. He's practicing against the best defense in the NFL every single week. And what I was so impressed by is you talked about Shanahan scheming guys open. Yeah, Purdy made a couple throws in decently tight windows, nothing really more than 10 yards, but there were a lot of screens. And when you motion Christian McCaffrey one way and Debo Samuel the other way, it is just so, so much to worry about for the defense because McCaffrey's so damn shifty and Debo Samuel, you have him seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and he finds a way to turn it into a four-yard gain because he's so physical. These two and the way Shanahan's using them, if you just look at the stat sheet, especially for Debo Samuel, you think, okay, he didn't really have that great of a game. But their impact plays at key moments... Um, and the 49ers just have so much at their disposal that there's no system that's more quarterback-friendly in the league than this one. And Brock Purdy just has to make sure he sits in there, he stays composed, you know, first read, second read, deliver the ball, short pass, accurate, and I think they're going to win a lot of games because their defense as well is just a nightmare. Yeah, that's that's exact, that's the literally the exact same thing that I was just thinking especially when he went down obviously you, it sucks to see a guy like Jimmy go down because he's been such a total pro and we've said it time and time again just the way that he's handled the situation from all the way from from Trey Lance getting drafted to Trey Lance being starter to Trey Lance going down to him taking over right, right? like he's just been a total total pro and Jimmy doesn't deserve to um, have what happened to him on Sunday happen and and again again injuries happen that's football but like you look at the you look at the 49ers the, the schedule they got the they got the Bucks this this week which could be tough I mean I expect Purdy to struggle a little bit early on especially in a big sort of emotional game playing Tampa Bay Tom Brady I feel like this could be a a game that they might drop but then you look at the rest of the the rest of the season they go they got Seattle Washington the Raiders, and then they got the Cardinals. Like, even if they were to go, let's say, three and two the rest of the way, that's 11, that's 11 wins. 11 wins. They're firmly in at, at least that, I, I'd assume it'd get the second spot in the NFC. I'd assume. Um, or sorry, third spot in the NFC. Obviously, you've got the Vikings there. But, like, they're going to have a home playoff game in that first, that first stretch around. And, again, they, this is a team that could potentially win a playoff game or two, regardless, because of the, the talent that they have. They have Nick Bosa and, and again, going back to their head coach and, and McCaffrey. And I know I said all that stuff about McCaffrey, which I still do believe in the sense, just because the, it's, it has more about the position that McCaffrey plays rather than the player himself. But this is a darn good for an understatement. And I don't think it's fair to, to wake up this morning or wake up Monday morning and say the 49ers don't, no longer belong in the NFC playoff race, because I don't think that's the case. I don't, I really don't think that's the case. Sure. Yeah. Are the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles now better on a different tier than them? I think that's fair to assume. Right. Um, but again, the 49ers, they were already like, you couldn't go higher than that top tier. Right. So they're in, if they're not in tier a one, a they're tier one B or one C, they're still a very good team. And they're still one of the three teams that could end up representing the NFC in the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think 
the way you just mentioned the playoff picture in the NFC, how it's going to lay out, you're probably going to get an easier, and I know there's no easy games in the NFL, but an, a lighter opponent than maybe expected in the playoffs with that first game. Being the three seed, playing a six seed, you could very well get Seattle, who they've done well against, especially this year. They gave them a pretty good beatdown in week two. Um, you know, you, you could easily get them. Uh, the other teams are, you know, you can play the Commanders. You can play the Giants. I mean, who knows? Maybe the, maybe my Lions make a run. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to get a game where you're pretty much overwhelming favorites in the first one at home, especially with even with Brock Purdy. And then after that, I mean, on the road against the Vikings, I may, am I crazy for saying I might still take the 49ers in that game? Like, I think there's a very realistic possibility that this 49ers team is still in the still in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that's a bold take. I can see it happening depending on how the cards play out. Like, obviously, there's so many variables that can go in depending on that, especially that second matchup in the playoffs because everything gets reseeded. There's going to be at least one upset, so you don't know what's going to happen. But I'll tell you this. If the 49ers are playing the Vikings in a playoff game in Minnesota tomorrow, I'm still picking the 49ers. Yeah. Right? And I think, like, Brock Purdy's only going to get more time to get more comfortable like, I'll tell you right now, Miami adjusted a little bit when he came in, and they just started to send the house at him. And it rattled him a little bit. Obviously, he's a young quarterback. Yeah, he's probably quarterback. never seen that before. But I think he's going to get better. He's going to get more comfortable. If there's one guy I'm confident to work with him and really move mountains in a short period of time, it's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, absolutely. And just making his job easier as a whole, right? Like, we've seen him do it with Jimmy all these years, right? So, um, again, the 49ers, I think they're... Obviously, it sucks losing your starting quarterback, but I think the times are not going to be, how should I word this? Like you're, you're, the, the 49ers are still going to be fine and they're still going to be able to make noise in the NFC playoff picture come January, um, just given the overall talent and the uh, head coach that they have and, and all the other variables, I still believe they are a top three in, team in the NFC, even with Brock Purdy at the helm. All right, let's shift over to the AFC. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit on last week's show. Massive, massive matchup this past week between the Chiefs and the Bengals. A rematch of a crazy late-season game last year and, of course, the AFC Championship. Joe Burrow and the Bengals were 2-0 against the Chiefs last year. They come into this one. Um, Benny... A little bit of a weird season for the Bengals because they started off so poorly. Yeah. But they are rolling. And the one thing I'll say about Joe, Joe Burrow, as impressive as he is throwing the football in the clutch, making big plays, connecting with his stud receivers, I think what impresses me the most about him is he's so young, but he already has such an understanding of just being able to flip that switch. And I think he said it best in, in his press conference after the game. When he, he told reporters, like, guys, it's it's December now. Like, yeah. this is the time where teams separate themselves from the pack. Yeah. And this whole Bengals team, they're young, but they got experience. They went to the Super Bowl last year. And they have a very real understanding that it's December. January is approaching. The playoffs are right here. This is where we need to be our best. We're going to raise our level of play, and we're going to put this league on notice. And that's what the Bengals are doing right now. What, what have they won? Did you tell me they've won seven in a row? Yeah, something like that. It's it's crazy. I don't know if it's seven in a row, but, like, this Bengals team is, especially Joe Burrow, like, he's mature beyond his years, right? And... Even what they did without Jamar Chase, what Joe Burrow was doing, and, and now to add Jamar Chase, and just to touch on, on Chase in general, like I, I don't know if there's a more alpha type of receiver in the league. Like When you watch Chase play, and you, mind you, this is a guy that had a hairline fracture in his hip, right? Like Just like five weeks ago. And he comes in and dominates the way that he did against the Chiefs team that are Super Bowl favorites. I thought it was incredible to watch. And as a big Joe Burrow guy, I like I don't want to say I didn't expect it because I did. I, I, I really expected the Bengals to give the Chiefs a run for their money in this game. And, and um, again, this is, Burrow has yet to lose against Patrick Mahomes. Right, and if there's one person that's going to be the kryptonite of one of the most talented quarterbacks we'll ever see, 
It's Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. He's just so poised. Like, like you mentioned, yeah, he has that ability to switch on. But it's just even that play, that third down play to T. Higgins, the the window to fit that ball in was like remarkable. He made that throw look way too easy, way way too easy. And um, I mean, like, I don't. It's just he's he's done it time and time again and and I know they started off so poorly they were like one and three I believe right or one and two something like that I don't know they were one I believe they were one and three at one point they lost to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush I remember that in week two and this is now a Bengals team that's completely turned it around and dare I say they are right up there with the Bills and and the Chiefs and I'm I want to still throw the Dolphins in there too because I think the Dolphins are a darn good team despite uh sort of playing poorly on Sunday, but I'm, that's not going to change my opinion too much. But they're right up there. I, I really do think there's a there's a, there's a a realm or, or there's a situation where the Bengals are, again, representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't go as far to say that. I think they are that good. I think Joe Burrow is that good. I think that chemistry that they have with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, too. Like, that guy's a stud. Um, Tyler Boyd. They got Joe Mixon, Shamaji P. Ryan. Their defense is playing solid again. Like, the, this is a real Bengals team that's, Again, touching on your ability to flip the switch at the perfect time of the season. Yeah, and I think if you look at the AFC as a whole, the Bengals have proved that they can play on the biggest stage with the biggest teams. And when I look at this conference, to me, it's a four-horse race. Or maybe, you know what, maybe you throw the Titans in there as well. The Ravens, now that uh, Lamar's hurt, and I just think in close games, they worry me. But I'm going to agree with the teams that you said, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And I think any of those teams, when they're at their best, can easily win a football game, even in big moments. I am worried about the Dolphins playing on the road, and I think now that they lost on Sunday, they're going to have a tough time winning the division. That could concern me come playoff time. But when you look at these Cincinnati Bengals, man, oh man, they are playing some impressive football right now, and they get to get tested again. And I think a lot of teams, when they look at their schedule... You see a, a, a tough schedule late in the season. You say, oh, you know, we'd rather have, you know, maybe that early on and then late in the season get some easier wins, roll a little bit. The Bengals are going to go play the Bills this week on, on Monday Night Football. So it's it's getting to be another very, very tough test for this team. And I'm excited to see it. I I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, really, I really do think that when you come to Cincinnati – when it comes to Cincinnati and I mean, given their situation, given the, the, the guys on their team, given who's leading the leading that roster or that locker room in Joe Burrow, I do think that it's best for them to play those alpha big, big threats later on in the season, because I think that's what gives the team this, this, this fire, right? Like when the Bengals go in and play a team that they know are, considered better than them or or threats i feel like they're just a different animal right and joe burrow specifically like you watch him in games there's no there's no doubt about it joe burrow has those games where he struggles right and it always comes against weird teams right like weird teams that that's like okay the cincinnati Bengals should roll them but then burrow goes out there and and throws a couple picks they win just by a little bit or sometimes they lose but you pick up a game like the chiefs where Going into this game, everyone's talking about the Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Oh, they're so glory. Um, Mahomes winning the MVP, Andy Reid, all this stuff. And and Joe Burrow really feeds off that. And you could tell that he has that message throughout the center, throughout the whole locker room because this team is ready to play. And it was awesome to see. Um, I think the Bengals now realize a lot of people did see them coming, but... For those that weren't aware of the Bengals and being a legitimate Super Bowl contender, I think now you're, they've really been put on the map because this was a statement game. And the Bengals were pretty much saying, hey, look, don't forget about us because we're still here. We're ready to make noise. And you saw it on Sunday. Yeah, definitely a, a statement game. And I, I do want to apologize because I did say that they play the Bills on Monday Night Football. That does happen, but it doesn't happen until later on in the season. Got the schedule. What week is up. that? That's week 17. And it's in Cincy. So they got they got the Browns this week, which I mean, hammer the Bengals if if you can. Um, then you got you go into Tampa, into New England, home to Buffalo, and then you finish the season, which could be for the division, depending on how Lamar how long Lamar is out for. 
at home against the Ravens. Wow. So you got four, and the Bengals are maybe what? five very tough games. Some of them are in hostile environments, on the road, mm-hmm. and they're tied right now for the division. Yeah. And But, of course, the Ravens have the tiebreaker because they, they beat them earlier on in the season. But, yeah, the Bengals, you start off the season two and three. Yeah, two and three. They're on a seven-game heater right now. Um, and it's starting to feel like it did last year. They're getting hot at the right time. Yep. I mean, look, again, they did this again. They did this last year, and, and they'll do it time and time again. Um, it's hard to bet against this Bengals team when, when the dog days come, and, and they're showing they're showing, they're showing showing us firsthand. They, they beat this Chiefs team, which is a brutal, brutal team to play against. Uh, they can slice, slash and gash you. They held Travis Kelsey to, like, he was like a non-factor. Yeah. Um, I know he had that late fumble, but... Again, I don't think this loss changes too much for me when it comes to the Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are AFC favorites. That's what I wanted to ask you, though. If 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 they meet in the playoffs, these two in KC, you got to you got to think the Chiefs are still going to get at least a two seed in this AFC. Um, I mean, they still play the Broncos twice, but um, they play they meet in the playoffs. Knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen, Joe Burrow's three and zero against Mahomes as an NFL quarterback. Are you? First of all, what's the spread going to be in that game? That's something I always like to ask myself. Like, are the Bengals genuine favorites just because they've done so well against the Chiefs? Again, I think it's a home. If, if they're playing at home, it's going to be the home field factor. Like, I feel like it'll be like it'll go up at three. Yeah. I think that's what you get sort of home point, which is Vegas telling you that it's just basically a pick'em game. Um, man, I don't know. Like, like, it's so hard for me to pick because the Bengals just have... The, it's just one of those... Like, some teams just have the other team's number, right? Yeah. And it, it feels it feels like this is the situation here, right? And um, I mean, I, I feel like every sort of I don't want to call the, the Chiefs a dynasty because they're not a dynasty, but I feel like every great team has that team that sort of is their kryptonite, right? And I think we could we could be seeing it here. Like, look at the Bills. The Bills is the Chiefs, and then the Chiefs is the Bengals, right? So there's there's it's all connected. Again, the playoffs is a different animal. Um, I, I sort of want to cross that bridge when we get here because I don't want to go and throw out a take here and 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 back and back up there. But again, it would be a very tough, a very 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 tough game for me to pick um, if that ends up if that ends up happening. I mean, again, I, I would love to see another AFC. I don't think it's possible. I mean, it is. We just need the Bills to get um, upsets at some point, and we would have the Chiefs Bengals AFC rematch again. I think that would be awesome. Um, but again, <laughs> AFC playoffs could be pretty wild, right? And just by speculating right now, I can tell. There's like five teams. Four teams, obviously, you have a couple other good teams that can make noise. Like I know the Chargers, again, I don't, we're not going to talk about them on the show, but the Raiders are also getting a little hot. Uh, I, it's, it's funny that you, of all people, are on the Raiders. The biggest no, no, Raiders I, hater. I, I'm not a big... I, I don't think they're going to make any noise, but yeah. they can play spoiler down the stretch no, here, right? Um, I was looking at their schedule. They can't play spoiler. They're, they're playing some good, some uh, some good football as of recent. Again, the Chargers are going to be a tough team too if they get into the playoffs. They can be a tough team to knock out the Ravens as well. There's a bunch of factors. It's not like the NFC. There's probably three teams and everyone else. But um, the Bengals are legit. The Chiefs are still legit. I don't think that changes much. But the AFC playoff picture is going to get pretty interesting as we uh, get uh, to the later days of December. Definitely will continue to heat up as we. Uh you know, I mean, we're we're this is it. We got what five five weeks left of the season now, so we're about to learn a lot about these teams, and there should be some really really fun playoff matchups, in, especially coming out of the AFC this year. But I mentioned on the show earlier today, we were going to talk about our good pal, your good pal, Baker Mayfield, my good pal. You're famous for hailing him as the comeback player of the year preseason for saying these Panthers are going to make noise. And honestly, I was buying what you're selling. I'm not going to lie. I was in on it too. Look at salesman, I think. I thought, yeah, this Panthers team, they have some talent. You know, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, young and upcoming defense. Baker Mayfield, it's a similar core to what he had in Cleveland that one year that they made a nice run. Maybe he really turns, turns it around, flips the script. Fun fact about Baker Mayfield, since uh, QBR, not pass rating, but QBR, had been tracked in ESPN, he's ranking somewhere along the lines of like 523rd out of 525 for his performance this year in Carolina. Not good. No. Um, 
Lost the starting job to P.J. Walker. Lost the starting job to Sam Darnold. Lost the backup job to one of them. I don't know. It's someone different. Walker. Someone different starting starting every week. Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback there. Good for Sam. Baker Mayfield waived yesterday. And sounds like he asked for for, for the move. It was mutual, which was great. And the one thing I'm very happy to hear about is that everything coming out of Carolina has indicated that Baker Mayfield's been an absolute pro there. Yeah, I think those are the exact words that Steve Wilkes said. He was like, been a complete pro, that's what he said. Which is, it's just not like the media portrays him as something else. Exactly, and and I was like, when he got away with him, like, this guy can't, can't stick around. He's a distraction. Like, and I was guilty of that too. I was caught up in in all the the narratives that surround him in the media. And and let's be honest, a lot of times in Cleveland, that was that was the story. He was calling out fans when he when he was losing. It was just not good. Didn't seem like he got along with the coaching staff. He's waived now. He's on the market. And and this segment could very well be dated as of later today. When this episode comes out, it's it's Tuesday morning right now. Waivers are, I believe, at 4 o'clock, you were telling me today? Yeah, 4 o'clock. So he could be claimed by the time you're listening to this. But we're talking about him nonetheless. We're, we're taking a gamble. You, for one, believe that he's definitely going to get claimed. Yeah, I've read some insiders yeah. say that he's definitely going to get claimed. Yeah. I'm shocked by it. I don't know. I, I Well, Schefter came out this morning and said, it was early this morning around 7 o'clock, he said that he is expected to be claimed on waivers today, and that team would, that claims him would inherit the remaining $1.35 million of his contract. Um, he also went on to say that Mayfield is unlikely to land in San Francisco because they do believe that, again, San Francisco is like 26th or 27th on the pegging order. Um, so I don't know if he necessarily makes it there, but if we're talking about teams that like... Again, we're obviously saying that we're obviously under the impression that he's going to get claimed. I think he's going to be claimed. Um, there's two teams that stick out to me. Uh, I think obviously the 49ers, again, doesn't sound like he's going to make it there, but I'm looking at the Colts and I'm looking at the Rams. The reason why I say both those teams because the Colts, Matt Ryan just hasn't been it. Again, if you're the Colts, if your team's going to suck, why not take a chance on Baker? Maybe he shows some sort of life again. A resurgence if he goes, it goes to Annapolis. I mean, he doesn't. Again, your team sucks. You're trending down the wrong direction, anyways. So, again, doesn't take doesn't hurt to take a flyer. And then as the Rams here, your direct rivals to the 49ers, you know that they now have a hole at quarterback. Why wouldn't you claim them? It's kind of like a fu move, right? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like where I sit. The 49ers, I would like him as a backup just because he has experience. There, There's no player you're going to bring in week 14 in the NFL season that has no knowledge of your offense, no knowledge of your system, yes. and throw him in as a starter. That is crazy, especially if you're a team competing for a playoff spot, you're competing to win a Super Bowl. That's not going to happen. So I think we need to settle down this idea that Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Even if they claim him, even if he lasts there... He's just going to be there because he's a veteran. He's been in playoff situations. He can help Brock Purdy. That's that's it. Um, teams like the Colts, teams like the Texans, that just let's be honest, they're just bad football teams. I, I'm I'm just thinking like, what's the benefit of claiming him? Because you're out of the playoffs. You're now essentially playing for just a better draft pick. Um, I know teams like to tell you that they're trying to win every week, but why just throw a guy in there that, like I said, doesn't know your offense in hopes of what, maybe winning a couple games in December and playing spoiler? Like, is that is that what we're going for? Like, I think these teams know Baker Mayfield. I think we've seen enough about Baker to know what he is in this league. He's not a good caliber starting quarterback where you're going to be the Colts and be like, you know what? Especially the Colts, because if you look at the last six years of who they started the quarterbacks <laughs> with, it's not good. They need to find a guy that can last more than a year in that team. I don't think we're at the point with Baker where the Colts can say, or the Texans or whoever, let's go into next season with Baker as our starter. I don't think that's the situation here, though. I don't I don't think someone's claiming him with hopes that he's going to be the starter after this year. I think it's just about maybe, you know what, like, again... To counteract this, it just came to the top of my head here. Like, let's say you mentioned teams like to show that they're trying to win, right? But let's say you're a team like the Colts or, heck, let's say the Saints were to claim him. Oh, again, this doesn't really affect the Saints because they don't have their pick. But, okay, hypothetically speaking, the Texans, the Texans, oh, they claim Baker Mayfield. Maybe they're trying to win. But, like, 
they know they're still going to lose with Baker. So, like, you're tanking with not, like, right? You're just, like, not tanking, tanking, but, like, right? Maybe that's the situation. I don't know. Again, it's clear that there's teams that there's interest in Baker because, again, Schefter, pretty pretty credible. Um, He's saying that it's unlikely to land in San Francisco. So there's at least a couple of teams. It sounds like a handful of teams that will put waiver claims in. Who will those teams be? I'm not sure. It's obvious speculation at that point. But I personally wouldn't be shocked if it's either the Colts or the Rams um, we're going to have to go back in this one. Maybe, um, again, if you're listening to this after the fact, he's probably already claimed. So you're going to know, um, heck, maybe a team that we can't even think about right Let's now. Let's lock in our predictions. Let's have some fun. Okay. So I, I think it's going to be the Colts because their coach is Jeff Saturday and they like to do weird things in Indy and they just got embarrassed on Sunday Night football. You can't get much worse than they're playing right now. Matt Ryan, 13 picks, 14 fumbles this year. That's the most turnovers in the NFL. So it's not working. Yeah. I know he's got these fourth quarter comebacks, and when they win, he seems to somewhat put them on on their on his shoulders. But I I like the Colts mostly because it's a weird move from a weird team and a, and a desperate team. Yeah, I, that's why that's why I originally brought them up too. It just feels like okay, this sort of could be the next or at least the Colts QB down the stretch here, but. If I had to make a prediction, more because I want to see some drama, I want to see the, I want to see the Rams claim them. They need a quarterback, and they're direct rivals of San Francisco. I feel like it would be such a funny sort of waiver rider drama. If we if we had a television show type on it, I would, I would maybe watch the, the waiver claim. Sean McVay saying, put it in, and they, they throw it in, and the 49ers are just watching him go to the Rams. And obviously, I don't, even, if he, even if he did go to the 49ers, I think, again, it's to be a backup. Yeah, but still, I feel like the 49ers would be a little bit sour if, if the Rams were to, were to claim him from him. Because again, I don't want to, I'm not trying to forecast any sort of injury, but let's say does something does happen to Brock Purdy or trends in the wrong direction. Who the heck are they going to turn yeah. to? Josh Johnson? Everyone's favorite NFL journeyman. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it is a... Like, you do need a little bit of depth, and that's why they went and got a guy who's played on 14 te- 15 teams in 14 years, 14 yeah. teams in 15 years, something like that. Another one that I would like to see, and this is just more wishful thinking, it's not very realistic. Maybe if Lamar, if the knee injury was worse, which obviously I'm glad it's not because you want to see a star player like him playing every week, but I would love to see him return to the game. <laughs> get, get in that division. The Ravens, maybe. Um, I would love the Steelers especially, yeah. but... They have Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I mean, we're talking just backup roles here. The Steelers are one of the teams. They have, like, quarterback. It could be uh, Mason Rudolph as well. They also have Mitch Trubisky, so that's just out of the question. But I would love for him to go back to that Browns division. Be At least even just be on the sideline in a game where the Browns are rolling up Deshaun Watson at quarterback. I think that would be a lot of fun. It's just weird to me that the whole offseason, it was like nobody wants this guy. No one's going to trade for him. And now he's on waivers. Yeah, he's, not, his, he's, his stock is way worse than it was, you know, eight eight months ago. And now it's like, oh, he's for sure getting claimed. A lot of teams are going to be interested <laughs> in him. It's like, what? I know yeah. his salary is so important in the NFL, and his salary is obviously. Would you say it's one point three seven? One point three. One point three million. So like that's that's obviously a big factor, but it's just it's just a weird arc of Baker's career. It continues to get weirder, and it sucks because I I was like so. As going back to the to the Baker days of, of of that draft year, I remember I I was like one of the first original people I felt like at least that said he was going to go first overall. And people, I remember we did a mock draft like yeah. early on in the days of Pac wasn't even with with no, uh, no. with CTV yet. You're no, with Pac and Moya. Shout, shout out, out Pac, Pac and Moya. Moya, great podcast. I remember that like I was really into the NFL draft that year. Miami sort of needed a quarterback. They ended up taking Minka Fitzpatrick. But you you sold me on Baker. I was a little younger, you know. I was uh, I was a little more impressionable. I'd say you told me Baker was going to be great. I'm like, let's let's go with this guy. But I thought Josh Allen sucked. I was I used to watch his Wyoming film. That was a fun draft. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. Baker, I mocked Baker to the the Browns. And everyone's like, no way he goes one. No way, no way. I don't. know. There was just something about Baker that I felt like he had that just winning mentality. Um, and I ignored the the, the I ignored the the athletic athleticism concerns I feel like that's looking back at it obviously everyone makes mistakes but um I ignored the key red flags in terms of athleticism and just 
expected him to have that sheer willingness to win um, and sort of take over. Um, and I was wrong. Obviously, uh, it, it sucks to see Baker trend the way he did because he, he was started off so promising. He broke the Browns rookie record for touchdown passes in his first year. Um, but it's been a pretty, I mean, the, we're looking at Baker Mayfield, the NFL journeyman in the making here soon, <laughs> right? Uh, so, I mean, it's definitely not what you want of, out of a former first overall pick just like five or six years ago, but it is what it is. And uh, we move on here. Talking about your pre-draft assessment of Baker Mayfield and how, let's let's be real, you were off with him because he hasn't panned out as a number one overall mm-hmm. pick. I would just say to you, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, we all have predictions that suck, and that leads us perfectly into our segment, The Hammer, the, the segment that we close every week's show off. I am ice cold right now. Horrible. What's the record? What's I'm the record? A, I am a bad better, and this is not this is not new. Um, I mean, actually, last year when when I did the From the Nosebleeds podcast, which I'm I'm looking at hoping to bring back because it was a lot of fun. Just this year was just so crazy. Heading at the time, I would pick spread picks every single week. We would do three spread picks, and I had a good record last year, like decently over five hundred. And, and against the spread, that's all you can very hope good. For. Um, I'm nine, eleven, and two right now, and I I think I was like six, seven, and one to yeah. start the year. So the back half of the season has just been a nightmare. 0-2 again last week. I had the Chiefs. I had the Titans. Both of them just got, not blown out, but both of them lost. And I had them, uh, I think the Chiefs were minus two. So they, they lost straight up. Anyways, bad week. But here, I'm back. I'm showing up. And that's all That's yeah, all you got to do. That's sometimes, all that matters, Bob. Sometimes you're in ruts. Sometimes things aren't going your way. This is a life lesson now. We're not even talking about football anymore. Just show up. And, and continue to mortgage because if you mortgage, if you no. mortgage and mortgage and mortgage, one time your your mortgage is going to be double what you lost, and you're going to lose. You're going to be able to gain back, and then you're going to be able to make some. No, we're dropping our unit sizes here because <laughs> we're, we're downsizing. The confidence has never been this low. But guess what, guys? I'm here. I'm showing up. We're at the point now where I'm not even looking at every game. I'm just doing a quick scroll through. I'm saying this is speaking to me. This is speaking to me. You got the first pick this week. I do have the first pick. You have actually been good. You're 13 and 9 on the season. Four games over 500. Can't ask for much more than that. I think your locks that we do on Instagram are way better than that, too. So that's impressive. But go ahead, sir. First pick this week. What do you got? I'm going to go against your favorite team in the, in the, uh, in the league here. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, minus the nine. Um, it's, a, it's a big spread on paper. But again, my favorite stat of all season, and we're going to track this all the way to week 17, is the Broncos would be 10 and 2. If they scored exactly 18 points every game, 18 or more points, but it is 18 points. If they scored 18 points every game, they'd be 10 and 2. Instead, they're 3 9. Um, Chiefs, 9. I think they're going to kill them. I think it's going to be, even if they put up 27 points, I don't see the Broncos scoring more than 10. So um, give me the 9 points here. Uh, I think this game could get uglier facing the Chiefs team that just came off a loss. I'm surprised this spread's not uh, not bigger, to be honest. Yeah, Broncos are also what are we? We play 13 games, 12 yeah. games. They're 11 and one against the under. They're 11 and one to the under yeah. this year. So that's been that's been a successful bet of mine. But obviously, I don't take overs and unders on the hammer. I only take spreads, and uh, that leads me to my first pick. You scared me a bit when you said I'm betting against your favorite team or I'm going with your favorite team because I'm taking the Dolphins bounce back week. This is a team that I think is built to bounce back. Um, Tua, still a phenomenal record when he's at the helm for this team. He had one bad game, and they were still down six with four minutes to go with a crucial fourth and two that ultimately went to a booth review, and they didn't get it. So this is a team that even when they're not at their best, they're still in games. They're, they're just very, very good. They got another road game, but it's against the Los Angeles Chargers, which is one of the easiest opponents to play on the road because, let's be honest, that crowd is not too great. Yeah. Prime time. They're finally getting their respect. I think two is going to show out. I think the Dolphins are going to win. I'll take a minus three versus the Chargers. I like that pick, Puck. I like it. I was looking at that. I was. It just felt a little bit... If, if, I had, if that line was suddenly at two and a half, it would be a little bit different for me, I think. I feel like that's got three points sort of written all over it. But my game is going to go to... I'm going to pick my favorite team as well. I'm going to go with the 16 and a half Cowboys spread over the Texans. Um, I, I Again, I don't watch too much Texans, but from what I know, this is not a good football team. I think the record says that. Um, and again, 
I don't know if there's a team that's able to just flip a switch for like five or six minutes of in-game time like the Cowboys are, right? Just look at what they did on Sunday. They were It was 21-19, and you blink, and next thing you know, it's 54-19. to It's it's very reminiscent of the, the Golden State Warriors um, back in the day when they, when they would... Obviously, they're not as great as a team. I'm just saying the way that they were able to turn it on, like you... You change the channel when when you had the Splash Brothers in the prime, and you'd come back next thing you know. The Golden State was down by two, and they're up by thirty-seven, right? So um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here, just off of sure ability. I think they're. I think this game could be about thirty-five to ten ish. So I mean that covers the spread with with some ease here. So I'll take the Cowboys uh, at sixteen and a half. I like that. I like the Splash Brothers comp, especially when you got guys like Pollard and Zeke just running like crazy back there. I like that. Um, one thing I'll warn you about that, be ready for this, because this happened to the Dolphins when they played the Texans. Those starters at halftime, their day was done. That's, <laughs> yeah, how, that's how bad the Texans are. So actually, you know what? You guys have Cooper Rush. Miami's, Miami doesn't have the depth that Dallas Cooper has. Rush. Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush will still cover the spread. He'll still he'll still put up points. Because the Dolphins were up 30 to nothing at half, and they ended up only winning 30 to 15 versus the Texans. So um, still like the pick. Uh, to close out, the Ravens. Now, Lamar Jackson doesn't look like he's going to play this week. And they got the division rivals, the Steelers, who are actually playing great football right now. No one's really talking about them. And that's just because they're at the point now where the games that they're playing, like, let's be honest, we know the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs. So they're sort of taking a backseat in terms of media coverage in the NFL. But they're playing good football right now. That being said, I am a big Snoop Huntley guy. And last year, he almost got the Ravens to the playoffs on his own. He was shouldering a lot. Yeah, they don't really have a lot of weapons. But give me Snoop Huntley because they're not favored in this one. They're plus three and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think this is a must win for the the Ravens. Steelers stink. I was just saying that they're playing great football. No, they stink. I don't think that they're that bad. TJ Watt's back. I guess it's different. But I think the Ravens are still better than them, even with Huntley. And hence, I'm taking them plus three and a half. I do think they have a good shot to win this game, maybe by a field goal. Like, I think it's going to be a close one. It's it's a division rival. It's in Pittsburgh. Tough place to play in. But give me Snoop and the Ravens plus three and a half. That's the hammer for this week. I'm feeling a 2-0 week. Get me back to 500. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling a 4-0 week here, Pac. I don't think that's happened since week two. So we'll see. Hopefully, Exactly. So we're due. We are due. We're We're very due due here on the show. Um, But those are the picks for this week. If you made it to the end of the show... Thank you so much for listening, guys. Yeah, it's it's awesome. December. We're gonna keep things rolling. Um, we gotta release some sort of some sort of Christmas schedule for for this show. I don't know if. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We have to figure that out again. I, I know that I want to see. I know there's I know there's someone out there that's watching this podcast from Germany because I saw on our Spotify Wrapped. There's one single listener from Germany. If you hear this, if you're watching on this show and listening to it, you send us a DM because I want to send you. Uh, a sweater or something because showing out showing support from all the way in Germany is awesome. Um, and an English speaking German is also awesome. Unless they're translating it somehow. I, I, I don't know. Everyone speaks English. I don't know. I guess I get it. I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, but that's awesome. Again, for, for everybody listening to the show, it means so much to us. Um, thanks again for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like comment, subscribe, all that stuff. If you're listening on audio, um, make sure you're following, downloading, all sorts of things. Share it with your friends. Um, share it and clown us if you want. You know, go back to that week one episode that I had. That I said Baker Mayfield was going to win uh, comeback player of the year and prove a lot of people wrong, and, and send it around. You know, clown me a bit. Say the CTP guy's an idiot. And uh, and yeah, that's episode fourteen yep. of the CTB show. And uh, yeah, we're gonna see you guys next Tuesday. Hopefully, four and zero in the hammer. And uh, Pac's in a better mood because the Dolphins will actually win. You know? Yes, sir. Take it, take it easy, guys. See you then. See you guys.